Good morning, Remy. Good morning, Breck. <laughs> Remy, I, I think that you look like you could use a little extra sleep this morning. 100%. I think I could use extra sleep every morning, but, but it's been a rough couple of days. Uh, are you drinking your water? I drink it like a gallon and a half. We just had a lot of work lately and just a lot of dumb stuff. It was funny because we talked about last week. And I said, you know, like when you get upset, it's usually because a lot of small things. Well, I yesterday had that day where I, I uh, spilled a bag of ice. I broke my water pitcher. I spilled my <laughs> coffee on my shirt. A horse stepped on me. And I ripped a button off my favorite shirt. And uh, then I was like, oh, you know, the date. And James goes, it's just a bad day. I was like, I know. And I was like, and none of them are horrible things. They're just, it's a compilation <laughs> of a lot was... of these things. Just like I said, right? And yeah. what's funny is I was talking to a friend yesterday. She's like, how are you laughing about it? I said, well, I'd cry if I didn't. And I don't really want, I, I'll take all the laugh lines I can get. And then like rest of the day went pretty good. Last night I'm making dinner and I went to transfer something from the mixer into the serving bowl and I spilled it everywhere. And I was just like, today is not my day. Like <laughs> nothing catastrophic, but I was like, you know, I'm tired. It's not my day. I just want to go to bed. And then we stayed up watching TV. And then I didn't get to sleep until like 1.30 in the morning and was back up at 4.15. Yay. But Remy, in all honesty, that was my last Wednesday. That was that your was last Wednesday. Morning. So it was my Tuesday this week. Yeah. That happened to me all in like an hour last week. I was freaking filled with coffee from head to toe. And actually... um. Well, because I have this fancy ring light that I put my phone in so we can do this. I left it in our trailer because I went out to our horse trailer to think that the internet connection was going to be so much better out there. And it wasn't. Um, and so I left the ring light out there. So I went to get it this morning. And when I opened the door, realized I never cleaned the coffee off because we were, when I was were, exiting the trailer, we were in a hurry I tripped. to get to do I this know. last week. I know. I tripped and fell coming out of that trailer and spilled the whole damn <laughs> cup of coffee all over the door, and it's still there, but whatever. Um, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Coffee with the Cowgirls. I'm Brett Kruger. And I'm Remy Greer. And, uh, yeah, well, it's just been a week already. Um, I got to share some stuff with you guys. Fun stuff. Uh, so, Remy and I have been talking about... Being better at getting in shape, being, getting healthy, and um, I told her I needed to drink more water. And so I get this in the mail from Remy. Can you can you all see this? <laughs> it holds it's a whole gallon, hundred milliliters of water. <laughs> I thought I was drinking a lot of water until I got this. I'm like, drinking this, Remy, is like a job. It feels like a full-time job. It's it's hard. For me, it's always hard the first two days and then after that. Like, I'm done with that jug by, like, one. So I'm probably overhydrating. Like, I drink so much water. It is also 100 degrees out here, so. You're sweating you know, it out. You sweat it out, and then when you drink, like, five cups of coffee by 10, I think you have to drink more water because coffee is dehydrating. How are you not in the bathroom all day? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, I drank this. I had to go to the bathroom every 15 minutes. 
I will never have a bladder infection. Okay, fair warning. If you're just now starting to drink a gallon of water a day, it takes a couple days and you don't have to pee as much after that. It's oh my God. I, like I said, I feel like it's a job right now. <laughs> Drinking the damn water. Yeah. But it's good. And um, I will say that since I just started doing it, I actually crave water now. Um, and like I said, I thought that I was drinking a lot of water. Yeah, I was not drinking a lot of water. No, I drink one of those. Like, I drink one of those starting at 7, and then I'm usually done by 1 or 2, and then I still have more water throughout the day. But, again, it's hot. Like, it's really hot where I live. I'm sweating right now. It's hot. So. I've got a blanket on. I, it's on my lap. I'm always cold. Always cold. Um, so, anyway, uh, last weekend... Um, we had last week, we had, uh, Lake Lillian days, which Lake Lillian is where we live. And it's a town of like 350. It's, it's everything that I ever hated growing up. Um, but everything that I love and appreciate now as a mother, um, is so awesome. And I, I left there this weekend and I wonder, is there places still around like that in the United States? I kind of feel like um, there's not, I think that they're getting fewer and far between. You know what I mean? Like places that you can just, my kids biked into town every day, Remy, uh, hunted for a hundred year old medallion um, for three straight days. I don't even know. It, it's just. And you said so they crazy. found it too, right? They found it on the last They did day. find it. We went to the bar and we played bingo with our kids during the day. Had Bloody Marys while we did it. <laughs> um, it was super fun. I just, I don't, I don't think that there's like things like that anymore. And I don't know. Is there? I, I think there is. And I think too, it depends even if you're in a bigger area, I think it depends on who you surround yourself with. So James and I have that conversation a lot. Like we have an amazing group of friends around us and sadly some of them are leaving, but um, like you make your own little community wherever you go. Now it's easier in a place like, I think it's easier in a place like that, but also for us, like we really do try and stay connected to people. So we build our own little group of weirdos out here. <laughs> Right. I don't know. I love it. Um, it kind of makes me a little teary eyed when I think about it because I feel like there's a lot of kids, there's a lot of parents who just don't have that opportunity to safely send their kids into town for four days in a row on bicycle. And I never really wonder where they are. I never worry about their safety. I know that they're having fun. I know that other people are looking out for them. Um, I know that if they ever get in a bad situation, they'll call me, but it's just a place where you can feel really good about things. And I, I don't know, maybe it's just because I, where I'm at in my life, how old I am, I'm not sure, but this weekend it just hit me really hard and I have a lot of appreciation for it, which I don't think I ever really did, which makes me sad. So there's that. And, and we get ready to leave. I get to see your hubby this weekend in Reno. So yep. it was our semi-annual redo the pens week this week. So we re-leveled and drug sand into a lot of horse stalls and moved a lot of shavings. So 
just tired, man. And then on top on top of all the normal stuff that we do, and the boys went back to school on Monday. Oh my gosh. So I'm not sad, you know. I was like, aren't you glad? I was like, I mean, I am to a point, but I also really miss my kids throughout the day. Well, now you have to go back to a schedule. Kind of. I mean, we're never big on them anyway. <laughs> uh, like, yeah. I, I wish I like I wish I was the mom that was like, oh, you're gonna go to sleep at this time and we're gonna eat at this time, but I'm just like, I'm come along with us, we're on an adventure, we'll get there when we get there. I'm I'm so that mom too. I'm not yeah, we're just not really good at that kind of stuff either. So I'm still, oh, I don't even, mm, I'm not even sure what I'm going to do yet for the school year, Remy. I go back and forth. Um, I wish that there was like just an easy answer like that was placed in front of me, but I know it'll never be like that. So well, and it's, I think it's like, the, like you homeschooled the boys last year, but it's one of those things like if they were in school, then they'd want to be with you guys on the road. And then if they're not in school, then, you know, yeah. it's a, you always want the thing that you don't have. But looking back, they'll appreciate all the time that you guys got to spend together doing really fun stuff outside of school. I know. I just, I, I, I kind of feel like, um, oh, my goodness. I feel like they need... And I don't want them to hate me for not being able to do school at least part time of the year. Yeah, I mean, it's it depends. I think it depends. Like I think two of my boys actually I take that back. I asked my boys when they wanted if they were ready to go back to school, and all of them except for the one that I thought wanted to go back to school were like, "Yeah, we're excited." And then he did. Then the one I expected to want to go back to school is like, "Yeah, I want to stay here." It's like, "What are you gonna do?" He's like, "I'll help you." I was like, "You need to be able to like." read and do math before you can stay home. <laughs> oh, cute. All right. Should we dive in? Yes. So this week, um, we're going to talk about why women take things so personally. And, and why you shouldn't a lot of the time. <laughs> yes. As, as, as you struggle with that to even put it out of your mouth. Exactly. Because, um, well, I personally believe that <clears throat> women are kind of built to take things personally because naturally we are, we are built to love everything around us. We are the doers. Um, we're the caretakers and we're the manager of emotions. Yeah. I mean, we're, we are born to be that person. Um, I, I think that most women are born to be that person. And so when things go array, we, because we take, we are the ones who love everything around us. We are the ones who take care of everything around us. We are the doers of a lot of things. I think that when something goes wrong, we do take it personally because we're supposed to be able to do all of the things to make it a good experience or whatever that might be. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, so I talk about it. I, it's, it's like, you're the vessel for your emotions and everyone else's emotions. And whether that's your families, your friends, clients, just people you run into, 
it, a lot of women are naturally empathetic, so that makes you shoulder that burden even more. But you do take it personally, and you shouldn't because most people really don't care that deeply, and they don't mean to put it on you. But if you're receptive, and it, and that's why you have to not take so much personally, because if you stop being the receptacle for everyone, and you set up certain boundaries, then you can still be upset about it. It just doesn't linger with you for forever. And that's a very hard lesson for people to learn. Again, I was always kind of that way. And then I wasn't in the extreme opposite. And then I had to find that footing again. How do you be caring and loving and still not take it personally? And that's, you know, that's what I've come to as I've gotten older is how to manage that emotion or that, that, that feeling. It's not always an emotion, but that feeling of, not taking it personally. I feel like I, oh, I, I take things personally. Um, and I feel like maybe with age, I'm getting a little better. Um, but I do, I, there are certain things I'm very passionate about and not that I want to make everybody happy because I feel like that's super unrealistic, but it's more when I, for me, it is more, I feel like if I'm passionate about something and I did a really good job and I did my absolute best and there's somebody out there who isn't pleased with what, I do, what I've done, um, I take that personally because I want them to like my work. And then I worry and stress about what I did wrong or what I could do better. And so I do have a funny story. Um, it is not really funny. I was like, Jesus, I'm never doing that again. What the hell was I thinking? But uh, at our top hand cowgirl challenge, I think it was in two, 2020. Uh, it was awesome. Everything was really good. And I was like, I think I should put a survey out there and I should ask people their thoughts. No, no, no. <laughs> Fuck. I was like, I should have never done that. I, oh my God. It was awful for me. So I did it. I put okay, this survey out. Okay, okay so, hold, so hold your story. I, this is just a general piece of advice. The people that really want you to do better in business or really care about you will approach you with, maybe you should try <laughs> this unsolicited and not meanly, right? They're like, you know, that's awesome. But, but when you open yourself up for stuff like that, I it's, know. It, it's horrible. And you're like, <laughs> you start reading this stuff. You're like, why would you? Why would you even come? Why would you even be here? Like, why would you do these things? I was like, oh my God, I didn't really want their opinion. Why did I ask for this? Because, I mean, I only got a handful of them, but it was an online survey. And uh, I came, I kind of became obsessed with like watching them come in. And like, they were all good until one. Yep. And um, they got, they were, I, I can probably say this. I don't know if they're watching. Maybe they've thought about it and they're okay with it now. But it was like a really long two days. And I was by myself because Bryn was gone. So, you know, I was managing the kids. I was managing the horse show. And I made sure that everybody was like happy, having a good time. They're, the show ran smoothly. I was like ready to have a beer and a burger. Okay. And... Oh. God forbid. I know. So I went and had my beer and burger and maybe more beers than I was supposed to. I don't know, but it wasn't like I was out of control or anything. 
And, um, but I didn't, before I ate and had a few beers, I did not post any of the results of the show. And that's what they were mad about. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. I, uh, it's, <laughs> again, it comes back to like, how do you prioritize stuff in your life, right? Um, I was horrible after Vegas. I'm gonna be honest, like, so we put on a big team penning in Vegas, you guys were there. And I finally got the photos out. Half of them were stuck in the cloud and it took me a long time. Like it did. And I'm fully aware, but I was so tired after yes. Vegas. And then I was like emotionally burnt out from that show where I was like, I don't even want to look at another thing from Vegas. And like, I'm the person too, it was the same thing in college, right? Like I would rather hold on to a paper and make it perfect instead of turning it in on time. So like, you know, I do like the background on the photo and I want to show the top 10 photo underneath it. And James is like, just put the photos out. I was like, but I can't let them go like <laughs> that. And I actually didn't really get any negative comments. I had one girl and she really wanted her picture and she should have gotten it right away. Fully on me. Sorry, Lily. But she wasn't, but she wasn't negative at all. She's just like, you get those. I'm like, yeah, maybe. At some point, a couple more weeks. But it's it's one of those things too, right? Okay, so again, you did everything, right? You did all the things. You did everything you were supposed to. Everyone was taken care of. Okay, so you missed this one not crucial step. I did but, it the next day. No, I just didn't but you're not. Right. You should be a robot. You should care about what I care about. You I don't know. get to care about yourself. No, don't go eat. Don't go have fun. Don't do other things. You are here to make me happy, and it's horrible because you're like, but. I, thought I, know. I was like, I read that comment. And then, so when you take things personally, what there's something else that also comes with it. You overanalyze, then you overanalyze everything. So I read the comment and then I thought about it for like the next four days. Like, God, I shouldn't have went and did that. I should have posted the goddamn pictures. And I will say I will never do another survey. So if you have good or bad to say about me, you're going to have to come tell me to my face yep. because I'm not going to subject myself to unnecessary anything anymore. Um, we used but, to get in promoting pennings and sortings for as long as we did. And we do our own thing too. That's not sanctioned by a national body. We've gotten anonymous letters from people complaining about other people's ratings, like lengthy letters. And like, they're calling out specific people. And I'm just like, if you took all this time, sign it, like put your name on it. Like you put a lot of thought into Ooh. this letter and they send it anonymously. And I'm just like, and they, cause they mail it. Cause they can't email it to you. Cause then it's not anonymous, but they mail it to you. And I was like, if you want to complain, own it, own who you are, own what you're going to do. Because you put like a lot of work into that, like a lot of work into being that upset about something that doesn't really affect you. You know, um, that is the other thing with like, if you're like me and you take things personally because you are passionate about something, that's how I'm gonna put it. You're, I'm so passionate about so many things, Remy. I just take things personally because I <laughs> want to do a good job. Anyway, it's exhausting. It's so, exhausting and draining on you it really takes a lot of energy like because you overthink it all so i will go back to our original interview from over a year ago right and this is a really good rule to live by i guess it's like three rules 
uh, I guess it, it's a three-step, it's three-step instruction. One, was something your fault? Now, if it's your fault, you say, I'm sorry, you own it, you find out how to yes. make it better. Right? Okay. That's step one. Now, if it's step second part, if it wasn't your fault, could you have made it better? Address how it could have been made better and move on. Both of these first two steps end with moving on. And the third one is if it wasn't your fault and you couldn't have made it better, you get to release it immediately. <laughs> you make it sound so goddamn easy. It's not well, that like, easy, Remy. Okay, it's just like your water bottle, right? Like you have to practice these things. They're a new part of your life. But I think what happens is with overanalyzers is you take that in and now become like it rents space in your heart or in your head and it becomes this little festering deal, right? Don't. Because the other thing is a lot of people will write you these nasty comments or send you messages or say something and then they don't really think about it again, right? They sent their negativity out and you caught it. Just bat it away. Move on. <laughs> like... And I know that's not easy. I'm fully aware it's not easy. I went through a period of my life where I took all of those things in and believed them all to be true. And they're not true. Or maybe they are, but I'm not going to live my life that they're true. Because the only thing it does is make me miserable and a shitty person. And I don't need to do those things. Yeah, it, it takes a long time to come full circle with all of that. And I think that, uh, well, I mean, when you're younger, I mean, especially... Um, God, that high school age in your 20s, I think that this is probably even harder. See, it wasn't hard. It wasn't but, hard for me then. Well, right? you're an anomaly, Remy, because it is hard for a lot of people. It, but, like, but see, I, I came to it later in life, and I think it was worse, right? Because I was like, oh, I don't care what people think. Then I was like, oh, my God, I really care what everybody <laughs> thinks. So I got subsumed in that, and then I was like, Fuck you all. I don't care what any of you think now. Again. Well, I think that is very right, I did that back. I went back to the middle road. I care what certain people think, but I don't do things to please them. If and that's where I think you have to be. You have to listen to opinions and um with people that you trust. And then maybe modify your behavior a little bit, but you can't care what everybody thinks because they're not with you all the time. And everybody has an opinion, right? Everyone's got an opinion on what you should have done or how you should have done it. And you know what? I This is especially with business, right? When people give you critiques that are rather unfounded or not helpful, because both of those things happen, you're like, okay, you go do it. Like we put on events, right? And they, we had someone that really would complain a lot. I was like, put on a show. I'll be the first one in your parking lot. Put it on. Then tell me how easy it is to do all these things. Well, I don't want to do that. Okay, don't take the risk. You don't understand the million pieces that go into being successful. Yeah. Just like your top hand deal. Okay, I'm tired. I've done all the things. I am allowed to go eat and drink. But, you know, and it's the same thing. This is another woman's thing, right? And this is this is an overachiever and a perfectionist tendency. Don't sit down, right? Never be caught sitting down. Don't relax. Don't You can't do those things. And even if you are then be part of the conversation because you can't just sit there and zone out because then it appears that you're lazy. You're not lazy. We're all allowed to just peace out every once in a while or more than once in a while. I don't know. It's up to you. That's your version of self-care. But, you know, people see it's like, oh, you're not doing anything. Yes, you're right. My plan is to do nothing. This is my plan right now. 
But you know, if you're an overachiever or you're a perfectionist, well, I can't do nothing. Well, why not? Why can't you do nothing for just a half hour? So, um, I have another, well, so I was going to say though, like, I feel after every story that I have about me taking things personally, I've learned something from each of them. Um, and good things like I did take what the person who told me that about the top hand, I took what she said into consideration and I try to be more mindful about getting things out sooner for people. Um, because I don't ever want anybody to say that to me again, <laughs> but I try to learn something from whatever. Um, but when I was working for in corporate America and I was working for the pharmaceutical, I was a pharmaceutical rep, original one. And, uh, I covered Western or Eastern South Dakota and I worked with a super hard, tough ass South Dakota vet. Um, and he was known for being kind of grouchy and he chased a lot of salespeople out, but I, I, I liked him and there was just something about him. I, I wanted to work with him and I spent a lot of time at it. I think that I worked with them, called on them. I called on them for, I think almost two years before I got my first order. And I, was I was I had a rep with me. Uh, I was doing a rep ride along. I had a, a higher up rep with me that day and we walked into they had a little sale barn office. They had multiple locations, but he was working from one of the sale barns that day. And so I brought her into this little tiny office. I mean literally only enough room for five of us to stand in there, Remy. I know what sale barn offices look like. They're not particularly large. No, there's like nowhere to hide, nowhere to run. And, um, I think that we had had a problem with, uh, shipping product to him the previous week. It was hot. And I think that some of it got hung up in speedy, a speedy shipment, but I made it all right. I had brought product to him. I, in a very short amount of time, there really was not a lot of delay or leg time, but he was pretty upset about it. And, but I didn't know that. I thought that we'd already like crossed that bridge and handled it. I thought it was over. And we walk into the sale barn office and he had had a bad day at the sale barn. Once again, and there's nowhere to hide in that room again. No, nope. <laughs> I took a 45 minute ash chewing with minimal pauses from him. And I just stood there and I just mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. over something that I thought that we had had handled, but evidently it was not handled because he needed to get it off of his chest verbally to me, face to face in front of the other reps that I had riding along with me. So I just took it. I took it. I did not say anything. And he stopped and I looked at him and I said, are you done? And he said, yep. And I go, okay. And I walked out and I just started bawling, almost hyperventilating Remy. I could barely handle myself because I was just, I didn't cry in front of him. I waited until I got in the car, which thankfully wasn't far from the vet office door. Uh, but I, it was, I, I was just heartbroken because, and I was taking it so personally, like 
I thought I did all of the things and I did do all the things. It was just that he was having a bad day and it was a lot of fun for him to take that out on me with those other people there with me. And those other people that were there with me were like, holy shit, what just happened? And um, so then I had a five hour drive home from there. And the whole time I was driving, oh, Remy also gave me a little book to write notes in because I love books like this and I'm always writing notes in them. Um, I had my little notebook and I'm driving and I'm writing a freaking letter, like five page letter to this man as I'm driving because I'm so pissed off at how he just treated me. I was embarrassed. I was pissed. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I just was like, I have bent over backwards for you. Look at all the things that I've done for you to help your business and help you and make sure that everything's always on time. And if it isn't, I make it right. And, uh, so by the time I got home, I had like a five page handwritten letter to him that I did while I was driving because I was so goddamn mad. And, uh, I, I folded it all up and I put it in my backpack and I'm like, I, I am going to send this to him. And I told my boss, I'm sending it to him. And he was like, the hell you are. You can reread it and over and over and over as many times as it makes you feel better, but you're burning it. You're never sending it to him. And so I, I did, I felt better after writing it all out. And I'm like, I'm never going back there, Rick. I'm like, I'm not ever going back there, not going to subject myself to that kind of treatment. And he was like, okay, well, tell me how you feel in two weeks. Two weeks, I found myself back in their parking lot because I'm like, I want to work with these people. And I know that's not the type of man that he is. And uh, we went and had lunch, him and I, and he apologized to me. And um, he w- they were my best customer, my number one customer for four years after that. And we became really good friends and I think that he was just testing me. And I think he might've even said that he was testing me to see how far he could push me and, um, to see how tough I was. I'm not really that goddamn tough, Dave. I'm like, but I wasn't gonna, I was gonna come back there and show my face. Cause I did kind of feel like that was the kind of guy he was, but, um, it's just a funny story. It, and it made me, that I, is one of my favorite stories. I tell it all the time and it made me made me and, better. And it is one of those things like when someone does that to you, right? When they belittle you or they chew your ass for that long, you have to see it as one or two ways. And I think I'm programmed the wrong way. I grew up doing competitive gymnastics. Like you were told, get better, be better, try harder. You're embarrassing me, right? And so you internalize that too. I have to be the best at whatever I'm doing. Otherwise I embarrass someone else, which is so dumb. Like I realized that and I, but um, like when you go, when you grow up with that personality and I'm only putting this out there because I have in my outer circle, some people dealing with some domestic violence issues, right? So that kind of personality is a trait of a perfectionist, right? How much can you take? How good can you be? Also, girls, if someone treats you that like that repeatedly, that is a sign of a narcissist who is trying to push every button you have. And the hard part is some of those guys are not narcissists, but some of those perfectionists are great guys because they push you until you're broken and then they build you up in a great new way. Other people do that to see if you will break and then they find a new button to break you. So I'm the same, but I mean, I've had those too. It's the same thing. Um, 
with penning like and sorting james and i are both super intense we're just not intense the same way so our rule when we team pen now is if you can tell me in 15 minutes i'll take the ash chewing i'll take the ash chewing 15 minutes after run i am not dealing with adrenaline and i'm not dealing with testosterone because what you say in the pen that's fine i don't care what you actually say in the pen at all like you call me every name under the sun when we walk through that gate you don't get to chew my ass until 15 minutes later and you know what it's made our relationship a lot better and it's made my relationship with how i deal with clients and other partners better too because you're like did that really happen or am i just all jacked up on adrenaline after the run but you get people from the outside like i can't believe that you guys talk to each other like that and i'm like like what like <laughs> because of, like we'll be laughing 10 minutes after a run we're just really intense on the run and you know but like it's the same thing if you look at it from the outside and i'm only saying the thing about narcissists because perfectionists and narcissists are very similar in how they push you however the perfectionist is doing it to make you the best version of yourself and a narcissist is doing it to make you break down <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Brandon, well, I, I would have never been able to be coached by your, uh, well, I'm not very <laughs> flexible, so I wouldn't have been able to be a gymnast anyway, but uh, your German coach and I would have never gotten along because I'm pretty sure that I'm uncoachable. I can break really easy. I need to be talked to nicely. <laughs> and I, I just, I, I grew up with that, right? Like she'd look away from you. She's like, oh, you're embarrassing me. Like you can do this, just do it. And you're like, oh, okay, I'm gonna try. <laughs> but oh it, do, it does make you realize what you're, it does make you realize what you're capable of, but it's, it's, and it's hard not to take, especially like when you get those tirades against you, right? Like when someone's just like, blah, 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 all the things that are wrong with you, you're like, man, I'm a shitty person. I'm not good at my job. I'm not good as a person. I don't know what to do. And it's hard to, it's really hard to not take those personally. And it is good to write a letter, right? It's the same thing. He, it did feel good after I did. Yeah, because he had look, he vomited all his emotion on you. Well, you now get to vomit it all onto the paper and thinks <laughs> twice. And that's the other thing, like not that you couldn't have sent it, reread it like ten times before <laughs> you send it, because if you can get it all out there while you're mad, put it somewhere where it's not going to affect somebody else, unless yeah. you're damn sure you want it to affect somebody. Oh, it, and it went like looking, like I said, it was a, at the time it was awful. I cried a lot. Um, it definitely was the fastest five hour drive I've ever had in my life. Uh, because I was like plotting every word that I was writing and I had everything in there. And, um, but it is definitely a story that shaped who I am and it taught me a lot life lesson for sure i learned something from it there was a lot of good that came out of that and a really good friendship a was one of them and it was it was one of those friendships that was i, I don't i don't know if people are like that anymore i because he he is an older vet he's an old school vet um i i don't he was just testing my respect, I think, to him. Does that make sense? And again, that kind of goes back towards being, it's towards being a female in a certain field. Not that they don't test men, 
not that some men don't get tested, but you, it's like you have to prove how tough you are as a girl, yeah. right? So we um, run a lot of cattle and I get along with most guys, right? Like part of the deal, jump in there, help where I can help, lift things. And again, I have to prove that I'm strong enough, right? I don't get to sit back on the trailer and hope the panels get unloaded. I better go unload panels, um, unload panels or work a gate or show just how tough I am. But it's the same thing. There's that older generation of guys that test you to see just how good you are, how strong are you mentally and physically. And then nobody gets to mess with you because they are going to stop anybody from coming after you. And so and it's a, what happened with him. Yeah. It's, it's a very weird relationship, right? Because like once you're part of their circle, they got your back in for forever, but it's tough to break into that situation or that relationship. And, yeah. Uh, I wanted to walk away from him for a long time and he was known for that. I mean, he, he, his hobby was chewing up salespeople and spitting them out. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think, I think that I, like I said, his generation, I think that that is how a lot of them were is they, I don't, they were really big on respect and how they got that. Now I don't think that generations going forward, I, I don't think that they're built like that. Well, and it's tough too, right? Because we want to be all love and light and peace and gentle and I will instruct you and you will find your way. I want that. Right? We all kind of want that. I am, however, the person that I asked you once. I'm not going to ask you again particularly nicely. So I walk the fine line between, hey, bud, let's do this and do what I fucking told you to do. Right? That's like me and my kids. Yeah, I go and it's like, But it's the same thing. And it's like, so... If you're in a restaurant, right? If my waitress is hustling, bringing you drinks, checking on the table, checking your water glass, and the food is slow, I'm still going to tip very big because she's doing the best she can do. Just like you, right? Shipping got delayed. That's not really on you. Shipping getting hung up isn't your fault. You shouldn't have taken the ass chewing, but you're the one in the office, right? So if you see a waitress hustling, I will over tip because the service was good. It doesn't matter what happened to the food. Now, if my food is slow and the waitress avoids your table, well, you're not making the situation any better. And so it's like, it's hard for me to not be like, look, you had one job, right? You got one job to do it because you do have to have grace for people. But sometimes you're like, they're afraid of getting in trouble. Like they are, they're afraid of getting the ass chewing. Where's my food? Dude, come fill up my water glass. I'll drink six glasses of water while I wait for my food. And I do, I'm really bad about it. Um, I'm also the person who has like four different drinks. Like I have ice water, I have hot tea or coffee, I have a soda, and then I have something else because I just need like a light board of drinks in front of me. So come check on those things. Maintenance, Remy. I am like I really I do I need them to give me like the glasses that are this big for just like I want like a sip of lemonade and some water and some coke and some coffee. Um, but. You know, but I, I see it like, especially in servers, right? They're afraid to get the ash chewing so they don't come near the table. Well, I'm, I'm not going to give you an ash chewing anyway. I'm just not going to tip you at 25% because you were afraid to get an ash chewing and smile and nod and be like, hey, they're backed up in there because everybody's short staffed right now, right? Oh, again, own what, that there's a problem, 
but you can get around it with 90% of the people. But then I watch some people talk to whatever, right? Wait staff, nurses and office, like, because I've been in the doctor's office a lot lately, lately with all of my kids, right? People yelling at the people in the front of the ER. I'm like, oh, yes, it's their fault that there's 19,000 cases in here. Yeah. Or we, you know. And again, how do you not take that personally when someone's yelling at you and you're like, I, I just do the intake, man. Like, but you watch the, you watch the guys in the ER look like they're about to cry because people are yelling at them. And how do you not take that every day and make it part of your personality or get really bitter? I love what you said about the kids. Cause that is so me. I go from like, I don't even know, freaking. Oh, leave it to be their beaver's mother. Hey guys, can you do this one time? And then after that, it's like, I'm going to whip your ass. I'm so sick of asking you. And it's like, I, uh, so again, my kids are all different. So my older one, I'm like, I need you to do a, B and C. And I go, you need to tell me back what I asked you to do because you will forget what I asked you to do. No, I won't. And then he'll come back in. I'm like, so did you do a, B and C? Oh, I forgot B. I'm like, there's a reason I asked you to beat it back to me. But, right. you know, and I have to watch myself too with my kids to not be as hard on them as I want to be on them because I don't want them to in internalize that guilt and shame for not doing something or not being what they think that I want them to be, which I really just want them to be happy. But, <laughs> you know, like it is, it's true. Like, I don't want to put my guilt and shame onto them. So how do I make that better? And... Like, so steering back to our point about not taking things personally, I've the other big thing that like, and I talk about a lot about people not caring and people take that the wrong way, right? Like your group cares about you, but they have their own life too. You're just a, a guest star in their life, right? You're your main star. You're a guest star in their life. So they care. And if you reach out, then they care. But like you're, trauma isn't their trauma and i had someone one tell me they're like oh, one time they're like why don't you like me or i don't you know i don't like how you act i said okay i said yeah. you just don't I said, and i did i said okay i said well for me you don't exist right you don't exist don't poke the bear don't poke the bear because if you do you're going to see what it's like when i really don't like somebody Right. You think I will show you this will be my new villain era. I will show you all the things that you've said about me. I'll make them true because they weren't true, but I'll make them true now. And the girl goes, she's like, well, I just don't get it. And I said, there is a world of people that don't know me well enough to like me or not like me. So you not liking me doesn't affect me. You know, go into the world that doesn't even know me enough to not like me. Right. They don't know me. And so. People have this really self, this really inflated sense of self, right? I'm very important to a lot of people. I'm the opposite. I don't think I'm important to anybody. And I don't mean that like to curry favor or for people to feel bad for me. I just don't think I'm that important. Like I don't. And it's great because I kind of get to live my little anonymous life and go down the road doing what I want to do. And then again, that protects you from taking a lot of stuff personally because you're like, Staying in my lane. Well, Remy, you're such a badass because I would never be able to say that to anybody. Oh, I <laughs> oh my God. No, 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 no. I hate conflict. If I ever felt like that I was in the vicinity of somebody who did not like me or had bad things to say about me, I would definitely take myself out of that vicinity. 
I would go the long way around to wherever I was going. I would not, you wouldn't found me in anywhere near that. No, I hate conflict. Like, and, and I don't try and like, I, I'm not a, oh, no, I'm not saying that was conflict, but yeah, there's no, like, no, I wouldn't like, even have said anything. No way. I'm not a, and again, it was a person that pushed me until I couldn't take it anymore. Right. But like, and I say that like, not till I couldn't take it. Like, it takes a lot to rile me up. Once I'm riled up, I'm like, yeah, if I ever get to that point, I'm not, I'm, because I know, like, I, I mean, I've been kind of close and I feel like I could be pushed close on some things. And if I get to that point, watch out because I'm going to be a crying, screaming mess of a person. And that's like the worst part. I swear to God, my tears are hardwired to anger, right? I will be angry <laughs> rather than being sad. And then that makes yeah. you look weak because you're like, I'm a bad bitch and I'm crying, but I'm just mad. God like, damn it. <laughs> but like for me, I really it, it is easier to feel nothing about someone than let them suck your energy and being upset. And again, that comes back to how you take critique, how do you not take it personally? Okay, well, that person's critique of me is always a game of whack-a-mole. Whatever I do isn't right, right? It doesn't matter what I did. It's not right. It doesn't. And it's like, you just don't like me. It's okay to, and that's the other thing, right? It's okay to not like me. I don't take that that personally because, again, there's a whole world of people that don't even know me. So you just get stored in there and... uh but that's hard for women to just, it, there's two things that are very hard for women to not be liked, right? And that's hard for everyone. That's not particular to women, uh, to not be liked, especially for no reason to not be liked. Um, uh, my husband is much more of a people pleaser than I am. He's a fixer. If you don't like him, well, why don't you like him? And how can he make it better? And I'm just like, why don't you not like me? Okay, cool. That's your opinion. Awesome. Like, and that, okay. So I know I'm spiraling out, but also, people's opinion of you is not your problem, right? It's not your, don't, again, about the survey, don't ask for an opinion you don't actually yeah. want, right? Don't ask. See, I told you, I learned from every yeah, you don't, you thing don't that I take personally, and I learned that I will never do that again. Yeah, but it's like, you, you don't want to, you don't want unsolicited opinions about you personally either, <laughs> no. right? Like, you don't want to know what, I don't want to know what people are saying about me because it just makes me mad. So I'm like, that's not even true. Like, and I, we had someone that one time um, was complaining about something and they said the story to someone else that was there for 90% of it. And the, the third party's like, that's, that's not how that happened. And the other person was like, yeah, it is. And she was like, no, nah, I was, I was, I was there. That's not how that happened. So there's the other thing when people get upset, we all have our own truth and that sounds so dumb and like, and I hate that, right? Cause I'm like, the truth is the truth is the truth, but it's not, right? How I feel in a situation isn't how you're gonna feel in a situation or how you're even gonna see a situation. So I have to understand that your truth is different than mine and take into account that that's why you're behaving in a certain way, but that's it. Like I have to understand it, I don't have to like it. I don't even have to accept it. I just be like, cool for you. Not for me, but cool for you. And so um, I was going somewhere with all of this. No, but we, it's, it's hard for women to not uh, go this is what it is. It's hard for women to not be liked. It's hard for men to not be liked too. Right. You don't, no one wants I think it's easier for men to, 
Like, I, 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 see, I don't even think it's a man-woman thing. I think it's a personality type, right? My you, personality yeah. type doesn't really care. Like, I care deeply. I think you're someone... an anomaly, Remy. I really do. I, I mean, my best friend's the same way. She doesn't care if people like her. I, most of my group of friends is that way. We don't really care if people like us. But again, I think it's because we're strong in our convictions about who we love, what we like to do, what we're doing with our life. But I, I think that it's hard to have someone not like you and know that they don't like you. And then the other thing that's particularly hard for women, it's not hard for men. And this is from every friendship I've ever been in, like when you talk to men versus women, right? Women have to have a reason to not like you. So they make up reasons if there's no valid reason, right? Well, she wears purple and I like pink. Well, okay, right? And I'm using just very generic things. But men will be like, yeah, I like that guy. Why? I don't know. Just don't fucking like him. And you're like, awesome. Because for me, it's like, they don't have to qualify why they don't like him. They just don't like him. I, like, it's not even, and, and that's as you get older, you're like, I, I just don't like that person. They don't make me feel good. They didn't really do anything, but they're not for me. And I move on because I'm not actively disliking them. But a lot of those people that you don't mat, like, match with, want to try and take your energy and make you like them like and i say i say that but then i made some of my friends like me some of my friends made them like me but it wasn't this deep-rooted dislike but it's hard for women when they they say that they don't like someone to not have a reason to not like someone you can just not like things it's okay it's okay to own that you don't like something i just try to stay away from all of that and do my own little thing <laughs> like if I'm going to take something personally in my life, it is, it has to do with my work. It, um, I don't know. I just feel like I try not to put myself in situations because I don't really like, um, I don't know, like meeting new people and stuff. I don't, I'm really cordial with them. It takes me a long time to once I'm your friend, I'll be your friend for life, but I don't, I'm kind of a private person a little bit. I mean, and there's going to be a lot of people who laugh about that and they'll be like, oh my God, she's so not private, but I kind of am. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it's like, it's like, so I say I'm an introvert because I don't actively go out and make friends. Like I kind of, I like, too. and I like being by myself, but I'm the opposite. Like I'm super open. I hide nothing. Like Welcome to the shit show. Get on the hot mess express. Like you'll see us at shows. Go like oh, I gotta turn my done. I'll do this arm. We go like choo choo because it's the hot mess express. Like it is. It's just like. But I own all that because that's the other thing is if I own everything that's wrong with me, what are you gonna say that I lied about or I wasn't truthful about or what are you gonna use against me? I'm aware of what I am as a person. Like. I try and work on things, but I'm aware of what a shit show I am. Like, it's okay. I don't hide it. I am not the Pinterest mom. Sometimes I am. Like, I I'm want crafty. to be that person. Yeah. I really I, do. God, I, I would love to be that person. Like, I'm really crafty, right? I like doing those things. But my, if I'm being crafty, the rest of my house looks like a train wreck. Like, I can't, I can't do all the things. I used to try and do all the things. I can't do all the things. And, uh. And I know some people that are, and that, like, again, they're naturally that way. My like, patience for being that person is very, it's just so tiny. It'd be, yeah, I, God, I want to be that person. I want to be the person who has a clean, cute house, and I will never be that person. 
I have a clean, cute house for about 15 minutes after the cleaning lady leaves on Friday. <laughs> I don't have that. Damn it. But you know, it's a, it's the same thing. It's like I used to, so we have a cleaning lady and she comes, she's awesome. She comes once a week, but it, and it helps me keep up on all the stuff in the house. And, uh, someone was talking to me about that and I was like, look, I really have a couple full-time jobs and cleaning the houses. I'm not as fast as her. Like I'm, I'm not, she's awesome. She's an amazing, she's amazing at what she does. I'm like, I'm just not as fast as her. So while it takes her four hours to do my house, it takes me three days. And the problem is because I got the downstairs bathroom yeah, and the upstairs start. bathroom done, then everything else is dirty and nothing's clean all at once. And I just want a clean house for 15 minutes. It smells like fabuloso and lavender. That's all I want out of my life. Like I'll never have that because <laughs> I also have dogs, a lot of them. Yeah, we don't let any dogs in the house. I have four boys. I don't need dogs in the house. I'm good. Got three boys and then and an amount of dogs that I'm not going to actually admit that I have in my house on this podcast. But, well, I think that we should wrap up here, Remy. Um, good chat today. Uh, a funny one. Um, I leave for vacation on Saturday for the week, going up north. No cell phone reception. No TV. So if you're, so you're going to send her stuff, that's mean. Send it then so she can come back. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't see it until next Saturday. <laughs> and um, Brandon is on his way to Reno. And Remy and James are going to be in Reno. So good luck to them, guys. They are going to be at the, what is it even called? Western States Productions Western Regionals. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I just call it Western Regionals. I don't know what it's actually called um, for RSNC on the West Coast. And it'll be fun. Yep. I, I mean, I hope. I don't know. <laughs> I won't know until next weekend. Wait and see. Yeah, wait and see. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so, good luck to James, Remy, Brandon, and all of our friends who are competing out in Reno this week. Um, next week, we're going to talk about a few of our favorite things. Uh, do a little countdown there. Um, if any of you guys have any suggestions of things that we should talk about or things that they would like, or you'd like us to talk about, please let us know, reach out to us. Um, what else, Jeremy? Nothing, just to touch back on why we don't think, take things personally, our little wrap up. Um, nobody really cares. I know that's hard to believe. Nobody really cares. <laughs> They'll forget 15 minutes after they cared. So that's great that you get to be anonymous again. Um, and really just do the best job trying to be your best self without internalizing all of the bad things that are out there. Because like you said, you had a lot of positives, right? You fixated it on the one negative, right? Do your best. Check off all the best things you can do. And then, uh, then you can maybe work on the negative. And if you don't agree with the negative, let it go. Let it go away from you. Don't bring it in on part of yourself. And it takes time to, I, so much stuff gets easier with age. And this is one of those things um, as well. So if it's, if taking things personally is something that you struggle with, uh, just be mindful or you probably already already are mindful of it because it's causing you some stress and anxiety in your life. Um, just focus on, like Remy said, 
focus on the positives and it should sort itself out. It gets easier to deal with. So thank you guys for joining us this morning, today. <laughs> we'll see you guys next Wednesday. Uh, thank you again. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.